welcome to the First Home Guidebook, a podcast exclusively for first home buyers. I'm Amy Linardi, a buyer's agent who has helped over a thousand people buy a property in the last decade. I'm here to share my property expertise and insider tips to help give you the confidence to buy your first home. Plus, I'll also be bringing to you property stories from first home buyers about how they managed to get into the market, which will hopefully inspire you in your own home buying journey. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode where I answer your first home buyer questions. And these are probably my favorite types of episodes to do. So the other day I put a story up on Instagram asking for questions and I got so many of them. I'm going to have to do a couple of episodes to cover them. And as I always say, as a first home buyer, there is no such thing as a silly question. You don't know what you don't know. And the responsibility is on you to educate yourself going into this process, even though you will engage professionals during the home buying journey, like your legal representative and your building inspector and potentially a mortgage broker or a buyer's advocate. Ideally, you still educate yourself about the process so that you can feel more empowered, more confident, and so that you can also question things when they don't quite sound right. So launching into the first question, which is how long does it normally take to buy a property? And the answer to this question, you're probably going to anticipate what I'm about to say here, is that it depends. And it's obviously going to be unique and individual to every single person. And I don't think there's any statistics out there to measure how long it takes for someone to start looking for a property. But But just to give you a bit of a benchmark, as a buyer's agent, on average, we purchase a property for a client within about six weeks. That being said, everyone is unique. I've purchased for clients within three days before. I know that sounds crazy. And then I've had other clients take maybe five or six months However, it's very, very rare for me to take longer than that. But I've heard of many, many first home buyers taking a lot longer, up to a couple of years or so, to purchase a property. And I've also heard of people who kind of just give up after a while of not having any success. But I think it's important to break up the home buying process into two key stages. First of all, there is the research phase. And this phase could take as long as you want. This phase could start now and you're not really ready to buy a property for many, many years, but you're starting to educate yourself now and starting to understand how much it's going to cost to buy a property and maybe starting to go out to inspections just to get a feel for the market and to learn about real estate. And that process can take as long as you need it to. Maybe you are just educating yourself and building up your deposit or building up your savings in the meantime until you can actually afford to buy. But then the second stage is when you are actually ready to purchase. And I define being ready as two things. Firstly, financially. So you've got your pre-approval in place 
and your deposit and you're ready to go. And then also emotionally. In other words, you've done all of that prep work. You're on the same page as your partner if you have one. And technically being ready means that if the perfect property came up tomorrow, you'd be in a position where you could or would consider buying it. So once you are actually ready to purchase, in theory, you could buy really, really quickly or it can take you a little bit longer. And the key to your success is going to come down to two things. The first, which is outside your control, which is having a little bit of luck. That is having the right properties come up for sale or bidding at auctions or negotiating and the other buyers just don't have as much money as you or not the right terms. And that comes down to a bit of luck. But then the second part, which you can control, which is you being proactive with your property search. So going out to inspections every single week, going to as many auctions as possible, speaking to all of the real estate agents, emailing them, following up, tracking the market, all of those things which are within your control. And the more proactive you are, the better chance of success faster. And again, this is why as a buyer's agent, our average time frame is a lot quicker than people who aren't using a buyer's agent because we are doing this day in, day out. And ultimately, there is no rush to buy a property. I will always say there is absolutely no rush. But if you are financially and emotionally ready, but you're not being proactive, then things could take longer. And I have seen many instances where people get despondent because it ends up taking so long and then they take little breaks from the search and then they come back in again and then they've realized they've missed out on some good properties that have gone for sale. So if you are proactive with your property search and you have realistic expectations, then I would say as a general rule of thumb, you should have success somewhere between that two and six month mark. And if you don't, and if it takes a little bit longer, that is totally okay. But I would say if it does get to that six month plus point, it may be a time to reflect on your search so far. So how many properties have you looked at? How many would you classify as a green light? That is one you would have actually considered purchasing. If there's very few, that might suggest that you need to realign your expectations. So a bit of a reflection at that point in time to say, how are things been going and what are some things I might have to change? Did you know that the first home guidebook is also an online course where I teach you everything you need to know about buying your first home? You can find out more at thefirsthomeguidebook.com.au where you can also download my free checklist, which is a hundred things to look out for at a property inspection. Just head to thefirsthomeguidebook.com.au. The next question is, should I avoid buying a property on a busy or a main road? I recently did a Instagram story poll where I asked the question, would you rather live on a main road or live 20 minutes further away from your workplace? So in other words, you'd be adding 
40 minutes a day onto your commute time. And the overwhelming response, it was something like 75% of people said that they would prefer to live on a quieter street, which was an extra 20 minutes away from work. So I appreciate that this is a very small sample size, but it does reflect a pretty common sentiment with buyers, being that a main road is a lot less of a desirable location to live in. And this is because, of course, it's a bit noisier. It just doesn't look or feel as nice. Pollution, there might be a tram line going along there. And if you have kids or pets, it might be a safety concern. That being said, there is a bit of a spectrum when it comes to main roads. There are thoroughfare streets. So these might be streets where people do a lot of cut throughs during peak hour and there's a few speed bumps. They might be larger thoroughfare streets. So like relatively busy, but maybe not so busy at night times. Then there are main roads. And again, there's a scale of how busy they could be. It might have two lanes or it might have four lanes or more. And then there's freeways, which are very busy roads and very loud. So the busier the road is, the more impact it is going to have on the amount of people who are willing to live on that particular street or that particular road. And for that reason, if you have any type of property where there is some kind of compromise or some reason that maybe other people wouldn't be willing to purchase that property, that will have an impact on the price. So the price will be cheaper in comparison to if that property was around the corner on a quieter street. And depending on the busyness of the road, that could be a discount of a couple of percent or 5% or 10%. And I've seen up to 20% if they are on really, really, really busy roads. And if you go and jump on Google Maps, you'll see the really busy roads are actually colored in yellow and the thoroughfare streets, they're like a thicker white line. There's my handy tip for you. So buying on a main road can impact your resale value and not only the value, but the number of buyers who might consider purchasing that property. So if the property market is quite soft or weak when you decide to sell, it might be more challenging to sell and take a little bit longer and you need to sell at a discount. But on the flip side, you're also going to be purchasing that property at a discount. So when you originally purchased that property, you might say, well, I don't mind living on a main road. And this might especially be the case if you are happy to compromise by being on a main road, but that means that the discounted price allows you to get into a better suburb or get a better property, a bigger property or a more renovated property because it is a bit discounted because of the busy street aspect. So that really is a personal decision. As long as you understand, it may be a little bit more challenging to sell in the future. If that property is on a very busy road or maybe it's perhaps backing onto a freeway or something, I do also recommend checking in with your bank or mortgage broker just to double check if that could potentially have an impact on your finance as well. 
So to summarize that answer is it really depends on your own personal preferences as a home buyer. But if I was purchasing a property as an investment property, in that instance, I would certainly try to avoid buying on a main road so that I could preserve my future resale value and be as appealing as possible to a tenant. And the last question today is, what are the top three things to suss out in the section 32? So the section 32 is something which only exists in Victoria. So depending on where you are in Australia, there's going to be different types of paperwork which you receive in the contract when you are purchasing a property. So to answer this question on a broader level, not just Victorian based, is you shouldn't stress too much about your ability to read a contract because that really is the responsibility of your legal representative. So that is your conveyancer or your solicitor. So one essential thing that you absolutely need to do with your due diligence is always get your contract looked at by a legal representative, ideally before you sign that contract. And they will read through everything and alert you to any conditions or anything in that paperwork which you need to be aware of, which may be perhaps a deal breaker or things that you need to clarify with further due diligence or things you need to change in that contract. But even though it is the legal rep's job to read that contract for you, I still do recommend reading through it yourself and clarifying anything with your legal rep that you don't quite understand. And also, most importantly, bearing in mind that your legal rep has not walked through that property and they haven't been speaking to the real estate agent. So this is where it's your job to be that middleman or middlewoman <laughs> to fill in the gaps. For example, if the real estate agent has told you that certain things are included in the sale, for example, the built-in barbecue or the cubby house or the garden shed, you need to make sure that that is included in the contract. Or if the agent has told you that that property is tenanted for another six months, but then your legal review doesn't mention that the property has a tenant, that's something you need to clarify as well. And if that property has been renovated recently or extended or has had works done, these are things that you also need to communicate to your legal rep so that they can make sure the appropriate paperwork is in place in the contract or if it's not, they can explain the risks to you. And finally, if you are purchasing an apartment, you need to also clarify with your legal rep as to which car space or storage cage actually come with the property. Sometimes the real estate agent might not know or they might make a mistake or I've even seen situations where the vendor had been parking in the wrong spot for many years. So don't just rely on the real estate agent pointing this out to you. Always cross-check that with your legal rep. Ask them to highlight that to you in the contract so that you know exactly what belongs to you. So just to recap, it is your legal rep's job to review that contract for you, 
but ideally you also read through it yourself and ask any questions and then make sure you communicate and clarify anything else with your legal rep that may impact your decision to purchase that property or how much you're going to spend on it. For example, the inclusions, renovations that have been done, car spaces, storage cages, all of those kinds of things. So there is still a bit of responsibility that you have in that process as well. So I managed to get through three questions today. I have about 15 written down here in front of me. So I'll definitely be doing more of these episodes in the future. But if you have any specific questions you would like covered, please feel free to reach out to me via Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at thefirsthomeguidebook.com.au. Thanks for listening. Information provided in our podcast is general in nature and does not constitute financial advice. Every effort has been made to ensure the information is accurate. Listeners must not rely on this information to make investment or financial decisions.